What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. We're going back into Daggerfall again in episode 46, our second episode of our Daggerfall series. We're going to get the game started in just a few minutes, folks. But first, we want to let you know that this show is, in fact, brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network and is available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Quest Gaming Network. Dot com, and of course, right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Today's record date is Morndas, the 16th of Sun's Dusk. And as I fire up our intrepid, uh, our intrepid, uh, Elder Scrolls 2 Daggerfall, Mike will be giving us our Two Moons horoscope. Master John is a waxing crescent. It's Kunda John. The new mysterious moon of the day. Mysterious Toje are born today. You should feel free to trust your instincts about a new person who's arrived in your group. Before you jump to any conclusions about this person, see if they hold their own as you enter the fight. Beware the healers that do not heal. Their wares are no better than water or bantam soup. Oh, that was kind of like cool. I finished in a crash of lightning. Nice touch. <laughs> huh? I like that. As Garfield would say, nice touch. <laughs> you really needed a castle in the background because, you know, that was waste otherwise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we had the, uh, yeah. So Mike's Two Moons horoscope uh, done with a little crashing uh, thunder in the in the old background there. Um, two, two moons. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, uh we got to reorganize the notes or something because like i we we went into that and no one like you know if someone's new to this show they have no idea who i am who anyone is and anyway i'm a varwin lead host fellow tamrielic traveler and i'll be derping around uh, probably in daggerfall way rust area i imagine um but of course i'm not alone i'm joined by our wonderful uh lore master the tamrielic historian mike hello everybody also, the painter, did you see it? Mm. I did, actually. It's uh, fantastically beautiful. I, it looked like uh, you said you were working on it since September. Yeah, so back when we did um, the episode 41 or 42, I think it was, Yeah. Uh, we had done the Anvil episode. And uh, I was inspired to play a little bit of Oblivion in preparation for us going to Anvil. And uh, I took some screenshots as the sun was setting, and I decided to paint one of them. So no, very nicely done. Yeah. yeah, he did a beautiful job. Did you see that, Mark? Oh yeah, no, it was great job. Pretty awesome, right? Uh, and of course, that other uh, sultry voice here in our our uh, lovely show here is is the one and only the sonarist. Uh, he he apparently wants uh, he wants to bombard Arsenium with fireballs from orbit. Oh, I know that was that was Mike. <laughs> That's me. Mike <laughs> wants to bombard. <laughs> Orsinium with fireball. Anyway, Sonaris, Mark, a man who can make anything you want into the Altmer style. He just refuses to. It's like being able to make anthrax. Just because you know how to do it doesn't mean you ever should. Right, right. right. And I'm not a monster. So, you know, I hope everyone's having a good evening. Speaking of monsters, uh, this freaking dungeon that I'm in is a, is a monster. Baron Zaya is a monster. She's a monster. 
<laughs> She's a monster. Madame Marco is the subject of this particular episode, so that's awesome. Speaking of monsters, but to me right now, Baron's Eye is a monster because she had me crawling into this this freaking uh, hole in the ground, and and she wants an amulet. The amulet's in, in this water. I don't have the ability to swim to it because I drown every time. I don't Wait, have. This is the most important part, though. The amulet was placed there by orcs. Right. Right, yeah. so I'm all in favor of the fireballing of, of Vorsinium right now. I don't have the spell points <laughs> to cast water breathing, and I can't find anyone to sell me a water breathing potion. So you know what, Baron Zaya? You know what? Guess what? Your amulet, it's in an orc toilet, and that's where it's going to stay. And I hope you die a horrible, fiery death at Red Mountain. <laughs> I hate your ass right now. Let, let me guess. When we go and play Morrowind next... First thing you're doing is killing Baron Zaya. Huh? I'm going there right now to slap her across her gray, stupid face. She's not gray in this game, though. They didn't have the color palette for gray elves. Oh, well, I'll wait till Morrowind, then. He's going to slap the color right out of her, make her gray. <laughs> slap the color right out of her face. That's a terrible thing How do you know when say. somebody's evil? They're in black and white. Yeah, I shouldn't say things like that. I, that's not very nice at all. Even though she's not real. But anyway... <laughs> Here we are. Here we are in Daggerfall, and uh, you guys are uh, going to take a quick little look at the the landscape here as I traverse. And as Mark gets us back on track and lets us know um, what we're going to be doing today. Yeah, skip all the where to watch us. I, I think we covered that really. What are we doing today, Mike? Uh, our sponsors first. Uh, so we're sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio quality headphones for thirty percent off. With our code off the record at tweakedaudio.com. And by Audible. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, if you like our show and want to hear more uh, things of that uh, nature, go to audible.com slash questgamingnetwork. And by Manamarco's Beauty Salon. Mm. Your hair, dead, lifeless? We can fix that. Well, sort of, kind of. So... You think he uses Tresemme? Tresemme? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> now uh, that we've given everyone severe nightmares for the rest of their lives. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so today... What are we, we doing, are, Mike? What are we doing? We are playing Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall, King of Worms. That's right. Uh, our discussion topics... Awake, the rise of Manamarco, a Skyrim mod. Do you run to or away from fan-made lore? Does this change how you know Bethesda will not handle this character's lore anymore? Uh, history of Manamarco, the King of Worms. In the Sonaris Archives, we are going to have a path of the worm from rise to fall or possibly ascension. Plus, we have a fast question and some tweets and emails. And... Our gameplay. So what did we do this week in uh, Elder Scrolls history? Uh, well, <clears throat> if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to go first because... Oh, oh, this bug again. Oh, okay. Because it's only been a few hours since I've acquired this annoying bug where I go into my inventory screen, my character screen, and I can't get back to the game screen. I remember this bug. <laughs> this annoying bug. Never... <laughs> oh, daggerful. This this has been your night for this computer, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so let's talk about Daggerfall. 
<laughs> Best game ever. Best game ever. You know what's funny is despite all of these annoying bugs that honestly right now I want to flip the table at the moment. But like as annoyed as I have been today playing this game trying to get it up to snuff for the Here's the thing, dear listener. Okay, let's 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 have a powwow for a second. In order to show Manamarco in this game, I had to get to level three. I am level two. I cannot do it. <laughs> for the life of me, I've been trying like really hard all day today. I've been trying to get to level three. It's not happening. Like it's just not happening. I, I've I've done everything I possibly could. So, so the main, the issue has basically been that, all right, I want to get to level three. So I want to finish up that quest from last week. Right, guys? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Screw you, Baron Zaya. That amulet is staying down in the orc sewer that you sent me to. Because this game is unbelievably punishing. I am a red guard. I am a warrior. Uh, a knight, so to speak. I'm, I'm a red guard Don't knight. Don't take your armor off. We've already seen the full frontal. Right. I've... <laughs> I've I have stripped down naked so I could swim faster. I still drown. I have tried to go to the nearest town. I went to four different towns trying to find a mage's guild that will sell me. That will sell me a a, 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 a spell of water breathing. I found one. Okay, all the other places would not did would not sell it to me because I wasn't a member of the Mages Guild. And when I tried to join the Mages Guild, it told me I lacked the requirements to do so because I'm a knight. I barely have the ability to cast a single spell. So that was a major issue. Finally found a place, bought the spell, went all the way back to the dungeon, tried to cast the spell, couldn't cast a spell because I needed 31 points of Magicka and I have 28. <laughs> oh. You know what you gotta do? You literally have to make a copy of the character, uh -huh. email the character save file to Liz, tell her that you need to be level 20 by tomorrow, mm. should find a way to exploit the entire game and have you to level 25, yeah. and you'd be all set. See, this, and all you needed really is level 3. This has always been my problem. I, I'm intelligent enough to play these games, but I'm not intelligent enough to excel at these games. <laughs> <laughs> this has always been my problem. So there's that. Now, um, I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure that whole thing out because it, it seems like as every step I took, I got that much closer to like completing this quest and hopefully getting enough experience points to get me to level three. But every step I went, I got pushed back either another step or two steps back. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> And and on top of that, like I've had this annoying bug that is is killing me right now, where I go into my character screen and I can't get back to oh there we go, um, I can't get back to the game screen, so it like freezes my game. Then I have to stop, restart, I lose my progress. The other thing too is I can't find a potion of water breathing at all anywhere. So like that's been an issue for me. And anywhere that I go to. Uh, where I could possibly buy one, usually a Mage's Guild, you have to be a member of the Mage's Guild in order for these guys to even sell to you. And I can't become a member of the Mage's Guild because why? I lack the, uh, I lack the, the, uh, attribute points. So yeah, um, that's... <laughs> Flip desk. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been, that's been, that's been me in Daggerfall this week, but I'll tell you what, um... 
I started panicking before the show, and I was like, okay, I got to get to level 3, because we're not going to be able to show Mana Marco if I'm level 2. So I started doing some dungeons. I gotta admit, like, I, I enjoy playing the game when it's not being a complete, a complete pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, like, th this game is fun, and it's not like, oh, it has redeeming qualities. Like, no, like, it's an awesome game that sometimes has sucky issues. Oh, that you have to just fight to have fun with. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like still better than some of the games I've played in the last five years. <laughs> to be honest. Anyway, that's me, guys. What about you, Mike? How, how'd you do in Elder Scrolls this week? So I've been playing a ton of ESO. But, you know, this is classic, right? Yeah. And uh, we want to know what I've been doing in classic Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah. So I actually started a new character in Skyrim. I uh, decided, you know, uh, big birthday came up here. Uh, 11, 11, 11. It's been four years. Let's uh, get everything up and going. So uh, I uh, got everything opened up in Mod Organizer finally. It only took me like, you know, seven hours to transfer all of my mods and get everything going and uh i decided let's get uh you know a new uh, skyrim character made oh so what'd you throw together so uh i threw a bosmer uh together here and it's uh mesmo meles silverleaf uh the mesmo meles is uh a uh species of wolf so okay uh, he will be following her scene here eventually, mm. and uh, he is now level 8. He's already joined the Dark Brotherhood and uh, has fought off the dragon at uh, um, the Western Watchtower. And interestingly, because I didn't go... So most people, you know, you go into... After you've completed Helgen, you go into uh, Riverwood, and you get the quest to go get the silver or the Golden Claw, right? Yeah. So what do you do? Well, you, you go in there to get the Golden Claw. Exactly. Okay. And so everybody goes, gets the Golden Claw, gets the, the Dragonstone. Should we not Brings be doing the Dragonstone finally to, uh, linearly, to uh, uh, Whiterun. And you talk to Ferengar, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm looking for the Dragonstone. Oh, here it is. Well, this time I decided, you know what, I'm going to go around. I've joined the, the, uh, the Dark Brotherhood first, you know, unlocked uh, Riften and... Uh, uh, Mike's like, screw you, carriage. Screw you, Farangar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I did all that first. Uh, did the, the shack and uh, made my way down to Falkreath. And um, so then I'm like, okay, let's go back and talk to Farangar now. And uh, we'll do the, or let me go get the golden claw and do the, the stone. So I get that all done and I go to Farangar. And there's Delphine in his uh, antechamber there talking to him about. Uh, the translations of this book and all of like, you know, the dragons coming back. I'm like, holy crap, I have never in all of the, you know, thousand five hundred ish hours that I've played this game, I've never seen this interaction wow. between Delphine and Farangar up in uh Dragon's Hold discussing, you know, dragon lore. I was oh, like, Oh yeah, I know, it's a neat little thing. It, it was such a cool little vignette. I'm like, wow, I've never seen that. Because I've always done the, you know, okay, you, you get there, you go and get the, the golden claw, get the stone, make my way to uh, uh, Whiterun, already having the stone in possession. 
and this is this is obviously before any of that is is unlocked in the main the main quest. Yeah, so wow. you know, I thought it was really cool that uh, because I did it differently this time and not going directly the way I normally go, that it unlocked this little vignette. Yeah, it's cool. Look at that. It's still, you could still be surprised just by doing things, and that's one of the things that like I I've always like highly recommended in in Skyrim especially. Um, do things a little bit differently every now and again, and it's kind of funny how you're always constantly surprised and amazed. You know, not by big things, but, you know, little things like that. Um, Mark, what about you? What have you been doing in Elder Scrolls, man? Well, I've been uh, playing a lot of ESO myself. Um, mastered uh, the mercenary and the Zivikin um, motif styles. So, you know, oh, that cool. was great to get over yeah. and done. Um, How long did that take you? Uh, took me it took me a while and a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, but yeah, basically, so I was doing that. Uh, as for classic Elder Scrolls, I haven't really been uh, playing much of that lately. Um, I will be changing that this this coming Thursday uh, for my stream. I decided I'm, I'm gonna gonna get back to Daggerfall for a little bit. And oh I'm no, going- Zach and his coffee. What's ever gonna happen? We're never gonna well, find out. We will get back to Zach and his coffee, but just for now, I'm going to get, you know, I want to get back to some Daggerfall, and I'm actually going to try something I've been thinking about for a very long time, and I figure, you know what, can't hurt to give it a shot. Uh I'm going to do what's called a, what I call a merchant run. A merchant run, you say? Where basically, you you create a character who, primary skills are basically all the communication skills followed by running and dodging and then languages and they can have one small and they can have short blade as a minor skill you're making a merchant who's not doesn't want to adventure just wants to run around and of course ends up constantly being chased by monsters you're gonna make him an orc too <laughs> you well he can't in Daggerfall. oh so i think you know this is not going to be some powerful adventurer and i'm going to die a lot but i want to see where it goes because just for RP purposes, it's always something that struck me that, you know, you can get a horse and cart, you can go around, and it might be interesting to see how that goes. Well, uh, I know we're all looking forward to hearing about this. When um, when are you going to start? I mean, are you going to stream? Are you streaming yeah. this? Yeah, I'll be doing the stream on... I'll start, uh, start it up on Thursday. Oh, man. That's awesome. This is going to so, be hysterical. Oh, isn't it, though? <laughs> Let, let's see how many times I die trying to get out of Privateer's Hold. I can't wait to see you run away from Mudcrab. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, you have to you have to get through Privateer's Hold. Yeah. In order to uh, start the game anyway, and as that kind of a character, oh man, yeah, you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see where the fun comes in. Ah uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sadly, in order to get the stock, uh, the character to get their stock. Um, Put together, uh, they're likely going to have to be uh, raiding a couple of graveyards. <laughs> yeah, like the one I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you and Manamarco will get along just fine by the time you get to level three. Yeah, or that guy in Oblivion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that that guy is actually my character. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon now. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we've got a lot to cover today, um, so I suggest we kind of get right into it. Now, Now, um, Mike, you did a wonderful job um, putting the notes together this week. Um, 
right here, our our first discussion topic. Um, we we kind of go into the into this. Uh, we've got it's a little bit different this week. All right, we're actually going to be talking about um, a brand new mod that's come to to Skyrim, and it, it sort of fits very nicely into into our show today. You know, we're exposed to a number of recurring characters throughout the history of Tamriel. You know, people from like Baron Zaya, the Septim family, Tharn family. But when it comes to Manamarco, none triggers the emotions that one that any of them can, such as he, Manamarco. Um, he's known as the uh, King of Worms, and he's a necromancer that's featured in Elder Scrolls II. Daggerfall has touched every game since. And now a group of people plan on using the Skyrim engine to tell more of his story with the DLC-sized mod Awake, The Rise of Manamarco. This DLC is, uh... Is this done by, uh, Granites? Um, well, it's a teaser by Granites. I don't know. I tried to find who it was that was actually making it, and it's a whole bunch of people that have made a ton of different mods that are all coming together to work together on this one mod project. Uh, so... Alright, well, why don't you introduce the mod to us? And then we'll we'll show you we'll show the, the listener how this kind of rolls into the discussion topic that we want to go into. So uh, their most recent posts from Legion Slayer Z. Uh, it's taken over a year to build and create. It's going to be one of the biggest mods on the Nexus for Skyrim. So just wait a little longer. And that was from October 2015. Uh, from their actual listing, <clears throat> Awake is a DLC-sized, story-driven, character-focused quest mod centered around the return of the Lord of Worms. Why should you be excited? Awake is the product of a dream team of expert mod authors. The general idea of this project is to gather tons of modding talent in one spot with a great script and concept and unleash the modding power of a thousand ion cannons on the CK all at once. Ion cannons? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's right out of some type of, like, you know, like Tricks reference or something. I don't know. Uh, Awake features an intriguing story written by the guys with great minds and lore knowledge. Gameplay by people that are famous for their gameplay mods. Mods such as Dragon Combat Overhaul, Civil War Overhaul, Sky Re. Dungeons from people that are great at doing dungeons and world space, bringing experience from the minds like Beyond Skyrim. Dialogue and NPCs crafted by the creators of mods like Inconsequential NPCs and Guard Dialogue Overhaul. Assets by people that earn their living as artists and work on perma or otherwise enriched the modding landscape with their contributions. Recurved longbows, heavy armor, stuff to kill, cre- stuff to kill. Created by guys who love creating stuff to kill. Skyrim's immersive creatures and tons of hype inside our group. Sounds like quite the uh, modding tour de force. Yeah, I mean I. I think I have most of these mods on my uh, system already. So, yeah, uh, pretty sure most people that use mods are using the work of at least one author on our list. Everyone working on Awake is excellent at what they do. Uh, so that's what they are listing inside their thing. Um, there wasn't a ton listed uh, inside the mod, so then I looked and I said, okay, you know, what if I do a quick search? On Manamarco, and I came up with two more um, Manamarco character type mods. One was Manamarco Resurrection for Oblivion, 
And the other was Mana Marco Revisited, also by In Oblivion. So there's not a ton um, associated with Mana Marco in the modding community. So it really intrigued me, uh, this Awake one here. So it's the largest story-driven mod concerning the King of Worms. So then led me to a number of questions that I thought would be good for our discussion. Right, right. So, so um, you know, uh, if you're interested, guys, you know, there, there it is. Um, it's... Uh Excuse it's me. in its teaser phase still, so there's not a lot there. Right. It's called Awake, The Rise of Man and Marco. But, you know, that kind of, um, you know, as I was reading through this, too, I, I saw, um, I was thinking the same thing as as you were, Mike, when you wrote this down. Um, and that's that's basically this, you know, is that something I even want to download? Because it does deal with a, a tremendous character in in the lore of, of Elder Scrolls. You know, um, when you see when you see fan made things, all right. I think Star Wars is a fantastic example right now. You know, for years we've had uh, the stories that 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 um, that that came after um, episodes four, five, and six, um, and people really got attached to what the books that were written uh, say about those characters in Star Wars. I mean, you know, it's almost become canon on its own. I mean, Mira Jade and the the uh, Leia and Han's children. Sure, yeah. And now oh, people yeah. are like ripping hair out. Right. So, so the thing is, is you know, Disney acquires the uh, the IP. They say those books we're gonna they're, we're relegating them to our in quotes legends category. It's not canon, and we're pushing forward with a different storyline. Um. If this mod is fantastic, and it sounds like it's going to be, do we really want to download the mod and play it, love it, enjoy it, and then Bethesda comes out, you know, uh, with Elder Scrolls Six, or or Zenimax comes out with a DLC that deals with Mana Marco head-on, and um, all the themes that they talk about, which would be canon, is totally different than what we know and maybe not nearly as good so i mean is that is that a huge problem for us you know how do we feel about the potential of modders you know delving into stories about core characters like that you know does it make us hesitant does it not i i don't know let's let's start with uh mark on that um but what do you think i honestly don't mind if modders if they feel they have a good story to tell and they want to try and tell it i'm all for it um, though personally, I have to admit that I would rather I would rather play a mod where they have crafted their own story without like clearly they're going to use the world and everything. I don't mind if they've attached it to an NPC or something in the game to sort of help smooth along as to why we're in the story. But I would I would rather they create something from whole cloth and tell an original story instead of. Of spending that time fleshing out a character who, you know, is such a big person, you know, big feature of the world. I would rather play something like Falskar. Like the Awakening sounds, Awake sounds awesome, and I'll likely try it eventually. But I feel much more of a draw towards Falskar than I do to, uh, towards Awake because Falskar is completely original. And I know that when I'm playing it, I'm not going to have a moment where it's like, I disagree with what you're doing there. You know, like, this yeah. is, you know, like, I'm not going to suddenly, I'm not worrying that I'm going to get in there. And it's like, 
Oh, from everything I've read, this really doesn't seem like Mana Marco. I, I hear you on that. And I, I think that's where some of that, you know, in quotes, nerd hesitation uh, yeah. sort of sort of plays a huge factor in, you know, should we download, should we not? Um, Mike, obviously completely brilliant on this subject. What do you think? What's What's your opinion on something like this? Yeah, so I really agree with Mark on it because I am excited that if they're going to bring all this talent together, that this is going to be an amazing mod. However, because of the topic that they're they're focusing on here, a, a core canon character, um, so I'm saying that three times fast, um, that, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it brings that uh, hesitation of, you know, what happens if in Elder Scrolls Six they bring back Mana Marco? Now, what happens if, you know, everything that they talk about has been changed? I mean, there's not a ton written on the guy, as we're going to find out here. But then in ESO, he had a, a huge role to play. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot that's been fleshed out about him. You know, are they go- how are they going to go about this? And then, you know, once again, it's, it's not their IP, and they get to tell a story, which is great. And hopefully it's a good story, but I would prefer, have preferred, I think, a, a story non-relevant to like any major character yeah uh, i would the the one thing that you i mean you really gotta <clears throat> you really gotta hit the nail on the head with this kind of thing it's such dangerous territory because you know if you mishandle it it's gonna suck and it's gonna create a lot of you know a lot of nerd rage and it could destroy what you know potentially could be one of the best mods of the year right if the character is you know characterization is not handled well yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. But then it could be so freaking good that people are clamoring to Bethesda and, and Zenimax saying like, hey guys, like, you know, have you seen this story? And it's fantastic. And you better include this. And, and you know, they're going to feel kind of put upon as they should. You know, you're not talking about staff writers. They, they might have ideas for that character in the general story that doesn't suit what the, um, what the modders knew about or planned for. So... You know, it's just, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword, and it could be a lot of fun, but there's a measure of um, preparation that if you're, if you're the type of person that gets nuts over a story like that, and there's a lot of them out there, I certainly am, um, you have to go into it with, with tempered expectations and a lot of understanding for the future. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I don't overly worry that what will happen if they do more with with it. Because in the end, like, all mar- mods are, by their definition, non-canon. You're, you're accepting that when you play them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not like they... I, I don't feel like if they suddenly do something with Mana Marco in Elder Scrolls Six that this mod is suddenly bad or anything. It's just... There might now be some problematic parts, but if as long as you go in knowing that this was created non-canon before Elder Scrolls Six, then that's you know then you know just so you know. But that's something you need to keep in mind with all mods. I'm I'm sure there's stuff for Morrowind and Oblivion that were negated when the next game or two came out. Oh yeah, I, well, I know what is not canon. Oblivion is not Thomas the Tank Engine. What's that? <laughs> Alduin is not Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, no, of course. He's, he's my little pony, right? Nor does oh, yeah, he look right. like Randy Savage. <laughs> but his thumb sounds like him. Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Did you hear all of the rage for um, 
uh, Fallout 4 mod. At uh, David Ortiz batting mod in Fenway Park. I guess the MLB is all pissed off about that. What? No, no I hadn't that? heard about this. <laughs> yeah. So, ask your wife about who David Ortiz is. She'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, so we've um, we've got a lot of show to cover. Okay. Uh, none, none so much more important as the history of with our Tamrielic historian. Mike. So prior to the writings, uh, or the writings on Manic Marco prior to ESO are very sparse, uh, and they consist mainly of one poem. So we're going to start and end with that poem. So the poem is called Manamarco, King of Worms. The author is Horacles. O sacred isle Arteum, where rosy light infuses air, or towers and through flowers gentle breezes flow, Softly sloping grass, green kisses, cliffs to crash foam below. Always springtide, afternoon housed within its border. This mystic, misprotected home of the Sigic order. Those counselors of kings, caution, wise and fair, ten score years and thirty since the mighty Raymond fell. Too brilliant studied with the Sigic's fold. One's heart was light and warm, the other's dark and cold. The matter later, Manamarco whirled in a deathly dance, his soul in bones and worms, the way of the necromance. Entrapping and enslaving souls, he cast a wicked spell. The former, Galerian, had magic bold and bright as day. He confronted Manamarco beneath the gray culprit tower, saying, Your wicked mysticism is no way to wield your power. Bring honor to the spirit world. Your studies must cease. Manamarco scoffed, hating well the ways of life and peace, and returned to his dark artistry, his paints, death and decay. O sacred Isle Arteum, how slow to perceive that threat, when the ghastly truth revealed, how weak the punishment the ghoulish Manamarco from the Isle of the Wise was sent. The mainland dawns beauty, more death and souls to reap. You have found a wolf and sent the beast to the flock of sheep, Galarian told his masters. A terror on Tamriel has set. So that's the beginning of the poem. Uh, and so pretty much it, it you know, talks a little bit about how on Arteum uh, these two Sigics uh, were trained. And that uh, where you know, these two major characters are going to come from. Uh, and then in ESO, we end up seeing Manamarco as one of the five companions. Um, but if we look here, the Mages Guild report the Order of the Black Worm. Manamarco then set about spreading his blasphemous lore, enlisting the unscrupulous mages, outcast witches, and vile reachmen into his necromantic work. He dubbed his new cult the Order of the Black Worm, an emulation or perhaps of mockery of the monastic orders of the divine. In most parts of Tamriel, raising the dead was quite properly considered an atrocity, so the worm cult at first appeared entirely as an underground illicit organization. But Manamarco, in addition to being a mighty necromancer, is a wise and wily diplomat, and in many jurisdictions he'd persuaded, bribed, or intimidated the authorities into turning a blind, blind eye to the order's activities. Worse, in Cyrodiil, the King of Worms has even persuaded the ruling Tharns of the Imperial City to declare necromancy a legal magecraft, and the Order of the Black Worm has now taken the place of the Mages Guild as the authorized magic advisors to the Imperial Throne. Oh. 
So in ESO, we can see, you know, just how far his influence has spread, um, you know, in the second era by the time he's been kicked out of Arteum. I mean, he's gone from, you know, being a student to pretty much being the master of the Imperial City. Right. <clears throat> and, um, you know, what's, what's funny about this particular character is in each game, you can, you can see his influences, even though he's quote-unquote dead. Uh, you can see his influence continue and, and, and carry on. So he's, he's quite the... Um, he's quite the deft character. You know, uh, like Littlefinger in uh, Game of Thrones and the Emperor in um, Star Wars. You know, this guy's yeah, the, got his little the, fingers. The presence is felt, but um, you know, they're not like the big bad guy that you know that right. you're facing. Right, and yeah. that that's kind of what I mean. Like his, and you know, that in a way is a little bit more of a sinister feeling than than the big bad guy in quotes. Um, if you think about it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> This guy's uh, presence is felt all throughout Tamriel through the ages. Meanwhile, you know, this one guy in particular, you got to handle now. It's like, you know, one's the battle, the other's the war. Uh, yes. it's, it's crazy. So now those that have played ESO have come in direct contact with Mana Marco. Hmm. Nice guy. Uh, yeah, he's got great hair. Yeah, it does. He absolutely uh, does. It smells kind of bad, though. So, uh, from the Chronicles of the Five Companions, because uh, we know that he is one of the Five Companions, let it be known to those who read these words that the Soul Burst, the event that took place in the 579th year of the Second Era, was due to the treachery of a single elf, the Altmeri necromancer Manamarco, the King of Worms, and the servant of the most vile of all Daedric princes, the God of Schemes, the Lord of Brutality, Molag Ball. In years past, Monomarco served as the advisor, chief advisor to the court of Emperor Valerian Aquilarios. Originally a Duke of Coral, Valerian became Emperor of Tamriel by right of conquest with Monomarco's council, Valerian Baron, not Valerian, yeah, Baron, led a revolt against the previous dynasty, the savage regime of the Reachmen known as the Longhouse Emperors. At Manamarco's urging, Varen formed a group of companions to join him on an epic quest to locate this relic, the Isle of Kings. These companions included myself, the Red Guard, the Swordmaster Sai Sahan, Grand Chancellor Abnar Tharn, and Manamarco himself. For years we scoured the face of Tamriel, following countless leads until we finally managed to locate it. When we returned to the Imperial City, Manamarco played upon Varen's insecurities and convinced him that the coronation ritual, properly modified, could not only light the dragon fires, but persuade Akatosh to invest him with the divine agency and gift him with the blood of the dragon. It was only after the coronation ritual was attempted that we learned the extent of Manamarco's deception. Oh, yes. After Varen's betrayal at Manamarco's hands, it pained me to hand the reins of the emperor over to another outlander. But the King of Worms is a dangerous enemy. To ensure the dominance of necromancy over all other forms of mana magic, Manamarco immediately cast the Mages Guild out of the Imperial City and then had all remaining dissenters arrested as enemies of the state. Yeah, but you know what? I can understand, you know, uh, you as the Mages Guild or even the Fighters Guild, you know, after that, it, the Imperial City really became gentrified. I mean, would you want to be there? I don't know. I don't think so. 
Yeah, but when, you know, if we ever get to the point of learning about uh, Galarian there, we realize that he set up the Mage's Guild is the main counterpoint against the, the Worm Cult and Manamarco. That uh, he wanted to bring magic to the everyday person that had magical talent as a way to counter the potential of the Worm Cult. And the great yeah. Galarian the Mystic was definitely uh, successful in that. There's actually a um, a book you can find in ESO where they're discussing the use of soul gems to power power magical items, and it makes it clear that this is something that's been very recent to be introduced to Tamriel and be standardized. And their reasoning behind it is that the yes, it smacks of necromancy to take a soul and use it to power, you know, to empower a uh, magical artifact. But they realize that it's also the easiest way to do it, and if they don't do something to to make things much more regimented, and like this is how you do it, this is where you know, make it like it's acceptable to take the souls of bats and rats and so forth. They were and basically, orcs. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> they they were worried that basically <laughs> it would end up spreading. That it was like this is the easiest way that we can we can do this. That we can get all of the, um, that we can sort of, um, that we can actually sort of counteract people wanting, you know, like this being used to encourage people to study necromancy. Right. Kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, the, the United States, um, uh, allowing alcohol, but not other kind, uh, not like, you know, marijuana and, and whatnot. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It okay, made sense so in my head. In my head, yeah. <laughs> let's finish off the book, Manamarco, King of Worms, shall we? We shall. So the poem: Speak no more of him. The sages' cloaks of gray did say, "Twas not the first time Galarian thought his masters callous, unconcerned for men and myrrh, aloof in their island palace. Twas not the time, first time Galarian thought, 'Twas time to build a new order to bring true magic to all, a mighty mage's guild.'" But twas the time he left, at least, fair Arteum's Azura Bay. Oh, but sung we have of Valer- Venice Galarian many times before, how cast he off the Sigic's chains, bringing magic to the land. Throughout the years he saw the touch of Manamarco's hand. Through Tamriel's deserts, forests, towns, mountains, and seas, the dark grip stretching out, growing like some dreaded disease. By his dark necromancers collecting cursed artifacts of yore, they brought him these tools, mad wizards and witches, and brought blood-tainted herbs and oils to his caves of sin. Sweet akaviri poison, dust from saints, sheaths of human skin, toadstools, roots, and much more cluttered his alchemical shelf. Like a spider in his web, he sucked all their power unto himself. Manamarco, Worm King, world's first of the undying liches. Corruption upon corruption, till the rot sank to his very core. Though he kept the name Manamarco, his body and his mind were but a living, moving corpse as he left humanity behind. The blood in his veins became instead a poison acid stew. His power and his life increased as his fell collection grew. The mightiest were these artifacts, long cursed since days of yore. 
They say Galarian left the guild, calling it a morass. But untruth is a powerful stream, polluting the river of time. Galarian beheld Manamarco's rise through powers sublime. To his mages and lamp knights, before my last breath, face I must the tyrant of worms and kill at last undeath. He led them north to cursed lands, to a mountain pass. Oh, those who survived the battle say it was... It's like was never seen. Armed with magic, armed with ensorcered swords and axes. Galarian cried, echoing, Worm kings, surrender your artifacts. And their power came to me, and you shall live as befits the dead. A hollow laugh answer, you must die first, Manamarco said. The mage army then clashed with the unholy forces obscene. Imagine waves of fire and frost in the mountain shivers. Picture lightning arching forth, cracking in a dragon's sigh. Oh. Like leaves, the battle mages fly to rain down from the sky. At the necromancer's call, corpses burnt from earth to flight. To the shattered into nothingness with the flood of holy light. A maelstrom of energy unleashed, blood cascades in rivers. Like a thunderburst in blue skies or a lion's sudden war. Like sharp razors tearing over delicate embroidered lace. So at a touch did Galarian shake the mountain to its base. The deathly horde fell fatally, but heeded their dying cries. From the depths the thing they called Worm King did rise. Near in itself did scream at the mages and necromancers war. His eyes burning like dark fired, he opened his toothless maul, vomiting darkness. With each exhalation of his breath, all sucking in the fetid air the icy cold touch of death. Oh, jeez. That's actually frightening. If you really, like, get a, an image of that, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. In the skies above the mountain, darkness overcame pale. Then Man Marco, Worm King, fell his dismal powers fail. The artifacts of death pulled from his putrid skeletal claw. Ew. A thousand good and evil perished then, history confirms. Among, alas, Valerian... Uh, alas... Vanis Galarian, he who showed the way, it seemed once that Manamarco had truly died that day. Scattered seemed the necromancers, wicked, ghastly fools. Back to the mages' guild, victors kept the accursed tools. Of him living, still in our death, Manamarco, king of worms. Children, listen as the shadows cross your sleeping hutch, and the village sleeps away. Streets emptied of the crowds, and the moon so... And the moons do balefully glare through the nightly clouds. And the graveyards, people rest, we hope, in eternal sleep. Listen, and you'll hear the whispered tap of the footsteps creep. And then pray you'll never feel the Worm King's awful touch. And that was Manamarco, King of Worms. Mm. So, uh... So that was basically how, how Galarian the Mystic um, got rid of him. Yeah, so we'll see, you know... Uh, we know at the end of the main quest line that um, he, he's uh, not in a good place, let's say, uh, Manamarco. So uh, there has to be a point in time, I guess, when uh, he gets out of there and uh, has this final confrontation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. But And this is the thing, like, looking at it, it's it's almost more of uh, a a statement of or a poem about 
how Galarian dies because really Manamarco we know keeps going on after this confrontation Galarian this seems to be his last hurrah yeah but you know one thing I mean from the description here of Manamarco the Manamarco that we see in ESO with the long flowing white blonde hair definitely does not fit uh, the uh, acid uh, soup uh, in the veins you know putrid uh, type of uh, undeath creature that they're showing here All right, you're right over there Mike <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, sorry. I just I dropped something. Oh, that was you, Mark. Yeah, sorry about that. You're right over there. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Mike is scared of him to uh, death. Stuff at him now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, oh yeah. poisonous maw, gross. <laughs> His wife's like, you're not bringing that into this house. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> we'll you're getting a match, are you? Stop that. <laughs> I don't care if it's Mana Marco Netch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um. What uh, what are the names of uh, what, what's the name of that book again? So that is Manamarco, King of Worms. Okay, it's one of the only books that really talks about him in the lore. I was really surprised because most of the lore really comes from ESO uh, in terms of the writings. I mean, Mark, having played the game, will be able to tell us a lot about how he has seen Manamarco over the years and how he's changed and things of that nature. But in terms of the writings in game, this is really the only book pre-ESO that uh, we see Manamarco in. Yeah. Hmm. That just shows you just how much, you know, you take one book with one character and you stretch it out to all of this, uh, you know, primary antagonist in all of these games, you know, secondary antagonist. Yeah. You you see this guy, he just, you know, crops up here and there. He's all throughout the lore. It's, It's pretty incredible. Well, he's one of the most prolific NPCs that you're going to find throughout the games. And really, you fight him. He, you know, he's a main bad guy in ESO, and he's a guild questline villain in Oblivion. Um, but at the same time, in, in Daggerfall, he's a quest giver. He is not a villain. In fact, he's a necessary quest. Well, he is a villain, but you have to deal with him in order to finish the game. Well, speaking of Manamarco, his uh, influence throughout the series, uh, let's let's switch gears from lore over to the Sonarist. To Mark, tell us how how Manamarco, and we we've seen how his influence in the lore has has spread, um, but. You know, maybe from a different angle of that influence, show us how how that influence has gone. You know, all throughout the series. Sure. Well, usually, of course, I'd follow the game sequentially. Um, so, starting in Arena, we move on to Daggerfall. <laughs> uh, in Arena, and- they had a person named Man. <laughs> no, no, they had men. Uh, they didn't have, maybe they had someone named Man. I doubt it, though. Because, you know, nothing's ever in Arena. And Mark uh, played it. So we have Man, Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. You figured me out. Mark, Mark's Man and Marco. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, now, now you'll face my acid blood. Oh, and my, my eternal dark maw. Ew, no. <laughs> but I've noticed that he's cut his hair. You notice that? Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark doesn't have those long flowing golden locks. He looks better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why do you think that I, 
I hate I I say I hate Altmer. It's it's all a big lever ruse. It is a ruse indeed. Uh, so so, <laughs> so <laughs> devoid of arena, just not in He's not there, not present in arena at all. Switching over to Daggerfall. And, and listeners, this is how you're going to find out how I totally destroyed this show today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so basically, um, usually I would follow uh, act sequentially with the games. But I think for this one, I'm going to go a little, little more different. And we're actually going to start with a small discussion of ESO. Because really, at that point, we are seeing Manamarco at the height of his power. Mm. This is basically the moment in his timeline where he has the most influence across the whole of um, of Tamriel. The cult of the black, uh, the cult of the, the worm cult, is active and open, and in control. They've supplanted the mages guild in the Imperial City. First, he uh, first he manipulates uh, Varian and the companions. Then he's the power behind the throne after uh, after the soul burst happens, and he's revealed himself for what he is to uh, to Tharn. And then when uh, you know, then when um, Tharn escapes, he basically takes control of Tharn's daughter Clivia, who is the Empress at, regent at that point. She and like a diseased. Oh yeah, I have Clivia regency. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head, Mike. Hey, <laughs> he's got the clavia. Stay away from me. <laughs> I think they've got cream for that. <laughs> oh, um, disgusting. Now, <laughs> so, um,. I'm wondering how much spoiler we should get into with ESO at the same time it's been out for a year and a half now. Well, well, how about this, guys? Okay, dear dear listener and our, our wonderful viewers, spoilers, if you have not played Elder Scrolls Online and you do wish to play Elder Scrolls Online and do not wish to learn anything about the story, skip ahead five minutes. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers! Woo! Okay, I think Adam you're Marco's good. Your okay, that sounds good. So good, uh, we'll uh, we'll just you know um, just talk for the next five minutes, and then we'll go into the spoilers. Okay. <laughs> unawares. So <laughs> that's evil. You are Madam Marco. <laughs> As I said, I've been caught out. So okay, basically his plan is. You know, even as servant to Molag Ball, his plan is not to become is not to be a servant. It's to y- get the Amulet of Kings and use it to trap Molag Ball the way you would with any sort of soul gem and drain him in order to become a god. Uh, when he admit when this is basically admitted out loud, Molag Ball gets pissed off, crushes him in what I had thought like in I just love it craters the ground underneath him when he comes to grab his soul and eventually the player decides if he's going to leave Manamarco to the tender ministrations of Molag Ball and the Daedra or he will release him and if you release him uh, Manamarco runs off screaming that he will have his revenge Mm. and that you're a fool (laughs) You're a fool, see? Yeah, a fool. I would have gotten me. away with it too. <laughs> he does say that. He's like, I would have gotten away from it if it wasn't for your meddling. I'm like, friggin' Scooby Doo, right there. He does. <laughs> he absolutely does. <laughs> it's old man Manamarco. 
Jeez. <laughs> so somehow between ESO and we meet Galarian, so we know that the confrontation described doesn't happen until later. Um, so sometimes between the after the events of ESO and before the events of Daggerfall, uh, Galarian and Manamarco have their final confrontation. I would say I'd put it probably closer to the events of ESO than I would to the events of Daggerfall, though. Yeah. Um, what we end up seeing happening is then when we get to Daggerfall, Manamarco returns. Uh, he is in Scourge. He he is has his base in Scourge Barrow. It's in the Dragon Tail Mountains, and he's known as he's again. I, I've said he's not a villain. In, in or he is he is a villain, but he is he is not your enemy in the game. He he has quests for you. You have to do quests in order to uh, proceed. And really, in by the time Daggerfall comes around, he's gone from this basically ruling the empire from behind the scenes and you know manipulating plans to drain a god. To going, you know, to now he's sitting in a cat in a cave, deep in the mountains, far away from everyone, and he only works through letters and whatnot. Uh, you end up meeting him. Etsy store. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this fits the poem, though. I mean, the poem does say that it's far in the north in the mountains. Yeah, and in a cave. So. So he, what ends up happening is he is. You go to meet him due to um, uh, a quest with Margaya, uh, Baron Zaya's daughter, who she makes some sort of deal with Manmarco for in exchange for her first. I'm guessing firstborn. You don't know. It's never clarified. She will become queen of some the Somerset Isles, and he. He does it. He somehow arranges her marriage, and she becomes the queen of the Somerset Isles. So, you know, he he is acting as a power broker. Uh, oh, the, the fun part is, when he has a mission for you after you've done that first delivery, he sends a zombie after you. And when you kill the zombie, you see that he stitched the message for you into the zombie. Nice. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. <laughs> like, like, not a, he took a piece of paper and stitched it, you know, stuck in a crack, stitched in. No, no, he has stitched the message in with, <laughs> onto the zombie. Uh. Quite the seamstress, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> because take of his Etsy store. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it does take talent. You gotta, you know. Oh, yeah. Gotta give the credit where it's due. He is, he really is then. Uh, pushed across in Daggerfall as more of a power broker. He's, he works behind the scenes and he has tendrils that extend anywhere or everywhere but he doesn't actually he's he's he seems to have realized that okay, maybe this whole, you know uh, when things fell apart things really fell apart for me so I'm going to stay in the shadows and gather power but without drawing too much attention. I don't want Moloch Ball to find me again. No, pretty much. <laughs> but then again, it's the god of schemes. If he wants to find him, he will find him. And in Daggerfall, the whole point uh, of the game is eventually the activation of the Numidium. The uh, the golem 
that um, was used by Tiber Septim to conquer Tam- finish conquering Tamriel. And you have to decide who gets the totem that will allow them to control it. Now, with the exception of two other people, everyone else who can take the go- take it can use the totem because they are of the blood of Tiber Septim, including an orc. Um, it's it's <laughs> canon. It's in there. Um, but this was then, a mod somebody made. I know it. <laughs> I, I, if by mod you mean the original game, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> so, as the game can, as uh, if you give it to Manamarco, he's he's one of the ones that can't control the Numidium. But he, in in exchange for, um, for do for giving him the totem, he offers the character. Um, a hundred, basically influence and fame throughout the bay, and if you give it to him, you get like plus one hundred to your fame throughout the three main nations: Daggerfall, Sentinel, and Wayrest. Plus one hundred to your fame and influence with the temples of the eight divines, with the guilds, which with all merchants, and then an additional fifty to all your rep- your fame and reputation with every other group in the bay allied with those other groups. So. You know, like, even though he is clearly a villain, he has that much pull that he basically sets you up as the most important person in the entire bay. Dude, he's the godfather. Yeah, basically that's what he has become by this point. (laughs) He's a mafia boss. And then if you have given him the totem, instead of trying to do anything to control the Numidium, instead he uses the totem to drain the the mantella the heart that powers it and ascend into godhood wow so uh, the only other person that doesn't you, you that doesn't try to use numidium to conquer is the underking whose me- the mantella is apparently actually his heart and he uses it to basically grant himself true death so daggerfall ends oh the- mark spoilers god <laughs> It's only a 20-year-old game, Mark. It's not... <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers, Mark. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> you can't get out of the first dungeon. <laughs> I, I might have found a way around that. I saw a cheat when, it, when we were Shots looking to how to get Arwen leveled up. <laughs> so there might be a way that I can circumvent the uh, the first dungeon. Well, <laughs> technically, we're at Warp in the West. So it, Daggerfall, one of Daggerfall's potential endings is that... Manamarco rises and becomes a god. Um, la, but oblivion. La, 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 la. <laughs> what? <laughs> la, 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 la. I got my, my fingers in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so, from there, uh, in Oblivion, we see he's not a god. You do the, you do the Mage's Guild questline in Oblivion, and he's using all the chaos that's going on to get the Cult of the Worm going. And he, you, he, the head of the Mages Guild sacrifices himself, and you go and kill Manamarco in what was frankly a really sad and pathetic fight. I, I was not impressed with my fight with Manamarco because when you see him in this game, he's surrounded by scantily clad dancer, uh, scantily clad ne- uh, necromancer girls doing little dances around him. He is dressed in this massive flowing red hooded cloak. All you see are these burning blue eyes 
like literally glowing balls of fire and he's you know so he's an impressive intimidating figure and then we get to oblivion and he's dressed in your typical necromancer robe and he's just another pudding face potato head and just <laughs> he goes down so easily it was just That's this said <laughs> damn it mike <laughs> <laughs> there, there was actually a fan art thing that i saw that's a long time ago that someone had drawn which showed the daggerfall manamarco you know basically looming over the um the manamarco from oblivion and he he's telling the guy Okay, go out there, pretend you're me, and get yourself killed. That way, people think I'm dead, and I can keep doing my stuff. Wow. So it, you know, it was just that. I, that's sort of my head canon, is that the actual Man of Marco had nothing to do with the uh, the little punk that you fought there. <laughs> oh, okay, I gotcha. But the thing is, Oblivion throws a little bit of a wrench into the mix with that, because. He dies by your hand, but technically he was never there to begin with. Really? You see, well, Oblivion threw in the idea of the warp in the West. The idea that there's no definitive answer for what happened at the end of Daggerfall because they decided that they created the idea of a dragon break and they decided that all potential endings to Daggerfall are what occurred. So the ending, the main endings for Daggerfall is Daggerfall takes over the bay, Sentinel takes over the bay, Wayrest takes over the bay, Orsinium uh, forces themselves to be accepted as an imperial province, or the or, or Uriel Septim the Seventh crushes all the empire and brings it all back into control in one fell swoop. And uh, then there's the Ender King blows himself up and Manamarco becomes a god, or you didn't hand off the totem, and you activated it, and because the thing was uncontrolled, it murdered you, and then ran off. Wow. So, w because of what they decided, the it murdered you and ran off is canon. That that happened. The agent dies. Oh. Yeah, exactly. But then what ends up happening is that they decided... Well, rather than one power ruling the bay, they instead consolidated over their various areas. And, of course, we know that Orsinium was not accepted as an imperial province. They weren't forced as an, they didn't force themselves to be taken as a province. But their desire to become one became... Uh, in Oblivion, we see that they were... Basically, negotiations were ongoing. Um, and we saw that Uriel was bringing around a golden age... In oblivion with man of marco though he he became a god but he didn't because all endings happened and while we fought him then this book shows up in oblivion it's called necromancer's moon and it's helpful to remember that supposedly all of the gods in the elder scrolls the way things are sort of presented they're supposed to be the planets in the sky Okay. And that the, you know the the stars are portals to Aetherius, the the gods themselves are the different planets and so on. So the necromancer's moon, a note a note of forewarning to the order of the black worm. Brothers and sisters of the worm, Oops. despair not of the trials we now face, for our time comes swiftly. 
The God of Worms watches over our order and will deliver us from these troubled times on the Day of Reckoning. Until then, perform his works in secret, serve his needs, and look to the skies for his signs. The Revenant, the necromancer's move, watches over us all. His form ascended to godhood has taken its rightful place in the sky and hides the enemy Arcae from us so that we may serve him. Watch for the signs. When the heavenly light descends from above, hasten to his altars and make your offering, so that he may bless you with but a taste of his true power. Grand soul gems offered to him will be darkened and can be used to trap the souls of the unwitting, a feat even the great Nagasta would marvel at. Stay faithful to the order of the Black Worm, and in time your loyalty will be rewarded. Soon he will return to set the world right in due course, and those who uh, would stand in, in his way will suffer eternally at his hands, just as those who stood opposed before. Until that day, you must believe and be patient. Hide in your caves, in your secret forts, in your secret lairs. Raise your minions, summon your servants, cast your spells... Answer the call of the order when you are needed. Watch and listen. So, there we go. We've got... We know that Man Marco does return, but this, clearly he is not a god. But at the same time, as we are... Marshmallow Man. Exactly. <laughs> at least someone was thinking useless and weak at the time. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Ray, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do, Ray? <laughs> so, as we... But at the same time, when you are hunting down the cult of, the, of, uh, of you know, of the of the worm... When that happens. And, yeah, in Oblivion, you have the option, or I think you actually have to, turn a grand soul gem into a black soul gem under the light of the necromancer's moon. Mm. So we know that That's this is That's the red one, right? Pardon? Isn't that the red one? Uh, the Black Soul Gems. No, no, I mean like when... this. Uh, there's actually an area designated in Oblivion just specifically for this. There's an altar. Yeah. For oh, yes, that. yeah, that's it. Uh, not too far from Sancrator, I believe. South and west, I think, of Sancrator. Anyway. I. It's something like that, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think like when Master appears red in the sky, that's the Necromancer's Moon. Something like that, yeah. Basically, this is sort of... You know, proof, quote unquote, that Mana Marco, or at least something happened and godhood was achieved. So it's one of those, we're not sure exactly what happened there, but clearly the worm cult now has, uh, now had access to some sort of unexpected aid in that way. And it was, it's just, it was always interesting to me to see just how. Just how this basically suddenly, you know, how um, they decided to to somehow, it seems, keep both endings. Um, uh. Even, you know, that he, he did become a god because we see that power that is being attributed to him. But at the same time, he didn't. So Weird. It, it, it's a rise or a fall. You know, we got his rise and his fall or his rise and victory. Now I wonder. Now here's and maybe maybe um, maybe Mike can weigh in on this one too. Um, how do you do? You see the series like resolving this uh, this conflict within itself. Oh, 
I don't know because like with Skyrim, they pretty much, pretty much dropped the entire thing. You know, I mean, this is very much a Cyrodiil type conflict that uh, Madame Marco's present in. Um, in Skyrim, we get to see the Necromancer's amulet as our only tie back to Madame Marco, um, but we really don't. You know, there's no. He's not really present in it, so. I wonder if they're, you know, pulling away from his character in um, in use in the stories. Oh, so, uh, sorry, Varwin. I, I noticed that you've got a um, a note in your sack. Someone slipped you something. Yeah, I got a I got a little present in there. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Um, I guess you're directing me toward that. Like I should probably read that. Yeah, probably an idea. You never know. <laughs> uh, Oh, one, actually, one thing that uh, that I, I just realized as Mike was answering was um, I, I really do believe that Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be in Elsewhere. It's, you know, this is my, my core belief, basically. Uh, okay. And um, part of it is because the, a big deal was made about the Necromancer's Moon, um, which is, or sorry, not the Necromancer's Moon, about the disappearance of Master and Secunda. In uh, and this is why the um, the uh, this is why the um, the the Khajiit joined the Aldmeri Dominion. So all of a sudden, I've just realized. Wait, you've got the um, you have a, uh, a a god who is supposed to be a moon himself, and all of a sudden you have a celestial problem where two of the moons disappeared for two years. So I'm wondering, are we going to see that go, you know that happen? Are we going to see maybe he is somehow involved? Yeah, that'd be a really cool tie-in if uh, he's the bad guy that you have to deal with. Like, again, the, the main antagonist. And uh, dealing with that entire storyline. And, you know, come to find out the Dominion's just a front for Mana Marco. Hmm. Yeah. No, that would be cool. That would actually be very cool. Um, you know, it's funny that <laughs> it's funny that you bring this up um, because I think we're we're right about the time where we're we're going to hit our fast question of the week, which has sort of like this weird uh, teaser spotted in Fallout Four <laughs> that we think might actually have something to do with Elder Scrolls Six. Um. Now, Mike, I know you, you went ahead and you put this in here. I've done a lot of research on my own when I could. Um, but, Mike, I would I would like for you to kind of just open open up with this. Um, our not-so-fast question of the week, more like, a, yeah. <laughs> more like a rumor, really. So, yeah, I couldn't wait for next week's rumor uh, section in uh, ESO Live, or ESO TR. <sighs> Making my job uh, harder. And so I said, okay, <laughs> uh, I started out with this. It's TES01PPL346946. Do we think it reveals the location of the next Elder Scrolls game? Well, oh, geez, Mike, I, hold on. I mean, you gotta, you know, uh, oil them, oil them up a little bit before we push them well, on. That's, into our, the that's s- our fast question. <laughs> so is it yes or no? And then we'll give out the rest of the details. Yeah, the old slip and slide. <laughs> geez. Uh, all right. I, do we do, do? Okay. So going off of that, yeah. I do. I think so. Quickly, yes, I do. Mark, do you think it is? I yeah I think it's it's definitely something I think it very well might be referring to that uh, doing that and I have to agree I think yes this is going to somehow 
reveal to us Elder Scrolls Six. So, a recent post has been circulating concerning this alphanumeric found in Fallout 4. It's a license plate that has been nailed to a pole or a tree in the game somewhere. And it's bent around. It's a little hard to see, but I guess, you know, if you're in Fallout 4, you can actually move around it. And uh, what it says is in small letters across the top, T-E-S, and there's a big space, 01, another big space, and then there's P, the capital letter P, a little space, and then capital letter P, it looks like capital letter R. And then the main body of the license plate is 346946. Um, so what could this mean? So I've been doing a little research, and I know a number of other people have, and we've posted this week on some of the stuff that it could possibly be. So my theory is that, first off, it's Elder Scrolls 1 Arena uh, is the first clue. Test one. Yeah, but just one more time. I wanna, uh, I wanna read this. Out. It is an alphanumeric code. Okay, you've got, you've got first the first three letters is T E S, then you've got zero one, P, P L, three four six nine four six. So when when Mike says he believes the first part of this has something to do with arena, it's because we're the first part that we're looking at says T E S. Zero one, which would which would be TES the Elder Scrolls Zero One Arena. Uh, but First maybe thing. they're working on the uh, classic Elder Scrolls rule, which is zero one actually means Daggerfall. I really don't think that. Zero, <laughs> zero would mean <laughs> Arena. So what else you got for us on this, Mike? So then I went to uh, UESP and was like, okay, you know, what could this mean? And one of the concepts that I found was that the maps in um, uh, Arena were, if you start in the upper right-hand corner and worked your way to the up, or in the upper left-hand corner, and you worked your way to the, the lower right-hand. So upper left to lower right, you had map coordinates that were 0, 0. And then as you worked your way down, they became 99, 99. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, the... If you split these evenly at 346, 946, it, it, um, it didn't really make sense that way. But if you then split it as 34, 69, 46 people in place, then it became that you'd have 46, or 34, 69, 46. Okay, so, so again, now we're looking at the P, PL, and then the numbers three four six nine four six. Michael Mike is saying the P, the standalone P, could mean people, and the PL could mean place. And instead of reading the number as three four six nine four six, he's saying it could be read as thirty four sixty nine forty six. Yeah. So that would give us you know possible map coordinates at least with you know those kind of numbers. So if you start cross referencing, you know as I did. You using you know combinations thirty four sixty nine forty six. Uh, there's the possibility of Narciss in mainland um, Morrowind comes up as one of the the places, and then a place uh, in Valenwood comes up as another possibility. Now, wouldn't this indicate a, a, a direct, like one place? It wouldn't be a possibility of several. It would be one. If it's map coordinates, it should be just one place. Yeah, but the problem is, is 
how do we divide the 34, 69, 46? Okay, so so how are you dividing it and what did it come up to? Let's start so, with that. So starting with person and place as 34 being the person, which I couldn't find any like... Um, like when you have Daggerfall or an arena, both of them were a lot of stuff was randomly generated. So you don't have like a direct, you know, character number 00135, something like that. So I plugged in, okay, 34 is the person. And then I did 6946 as the map coordinates for the place. And that gave us in Morrowind uh, mainland as the place that I think that it, you know, it would indicate. And who was the person? that the number 34 represented so the number 34 i couldn't find a person that is a number 34 so that's why i was hoping you know that as we're talking here maybe mark has a better idea of arena and its map coordinates and people and where we go yeah this is the problem is that like when i was looking into it i mean it seems that every map you go to sets up the map coordinates for its particular area so it's it's difficult to tell uh, what what is what because like each dungeon uses the same map coordinates that you'll get elsewhere. So I would guess that whoever NPC number thirty four is on their on their internal list, wherever he is, that would probably be a very important spot for for it. I think that that is sort of the key to figure out exactly what the other two map coordinates refer to. Because that might give you like a town that he's in or something like that. Well, what uh, what'd you find, Mike, when you, you use the numbers in a different way? So if uh, I just used them as split, like a complete split, like 346, 946, it actually puts us into the ocean on the other side of uh, uh, Black Marsh. Um, Which might so, be Akavir. So that could be a possibility if, you know, the number coordinates, you know, uh, are that large. I don't know on their main map if they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you have Arena, you know, and you can go in and take a look at, you know, what are, you know, the map coordinates on the main map, you know, give us a holler as, on Twitter as to what you found for the different coordinates on the maps. Um, or if you, you know, are somebody who has Arena and boots it up and plays it, you know, um, you know, <laughs> tell us what, what you think it is. Um, so, you know, one possibility, you know, is out of the town of Narciss, which is originally in, uh, the arena, uh, in mainland Morrowind as a possibility for us to go visit. Mm. Um, Nothing I don't conclusive, know. Though. Not, not conclusive, but you know, at least it's a start somewhere for people to start thinking, Hey, you know, is this going to give us uh, elder scrolls six? Yeah. Now, now, what's the basis of thinking that this has anything to do with an Elder Scrolls game at all? Because there is some basis here. So, uh, in Elder Scrolls 3, there was uh, a similar type of Easter egg. Oh, I think you mean uh, Fallout. Or Fallout, yeah, Fallout. There was a similar type of Easter egg um, that was posted in uh, Fallout uh, 3, I believe it is, right? Yeah. Um, that um, indicated... Uh, the uh, information for Skyrim. Right, so. that that the next Elder Scrolls game would in fact be in, in Skyrim. There was an Easter egg that pointed to that in Fallout 3. 
Uh, here we go. We got people in Fallout 4. They're playing Fallout 4, and they're like, holy crap, look at this. There's something uh, posted here. Maybe it's another Easter egg for the sixth Elder Scrolls game. So, of course, all of us are uh, grinding the the numbers, uh, the alphanumeric string that we saw. This is something that you can Google, guys. It's the um, uh, Fallout 4, e- Elder Scrolls Fallout 4 Easter egg. Um, again, the numbers are TES01PPL346946. And uh, it's a, it's written on a on an old uh, old style Boston license plate, which I actually looked up the old Boston license plates, and it seems like an amalgamation of just like a lot of old ones sort of put together. So it's not one year specifically. So it's not like that has a factor in it. But um, anyway, yeah, that's uh, that is that is it. Um, Mark, got anything on this? Um. It just struck me that maybe it would help if we collapsed the 46 into just one 46. Because you got three, 46, nine, 46. Like, again, like, I honestly, I have no idea. I've never been very good at, at this, you know, at puzzles like this. And frankly, I think you need to go code diving. I think it is pretty much the only way you would be able to figure out exactly what this means. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's get Gavin on the phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Code dive arena for us. <laughs> All right. Uh so so um we had we had some fun with Madame Marco today on Twitter. And uh we we had we had a whole bunch of people sort of weigh in on this. Uh our our good old uh Twitter campaign here, hashtag why is Manny sad? So sad. <laughs> I started this off. I say, uh, twi- posting a, a picture of, of Mana Marco. He's looking a little downtrodden today. And I said, aw, poor guy. Hashtag, why is Manny sad? Tell us why you think so and tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Um, and I, I told people, if you use hashtag, why is Manny sad, your, your reasons as to why Mana Marco appears... A little, a little, a little downtrodden in this in this photo uh, will appear on the show. So, so here we go uh, from Rosewind. He says, hashtag, why is Manny sad? Because he went to the bathroom and the toilet paper was replaced with duct tape. <laughs> that makes me sad. Make me real sad. From Arkaneer says, because he's an Altmer. <laughs> That's my reason right there. I, I'm completely behind that one. No. Uh, from Captain with a K-H. Captain Cola. It's obvious. Because Liz is not Empress. Yep. <laughs> Ulfron, who, who in, with this, uh, inspired my dinner today, he says he forgot about the pizza in the oven. Hashtag wise man, he said. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I was like, ooh, pizza. So I, I had some pizza. We today. had that for lunch. Yeah. Got sheet pizza from a local restaurant here. Ooh. It was really good. Sounds good. I like the corners, mm. especially on a sheet pizza because it's got that like thin crust, right? Oh no, we get it's for some reason like sheet pizzas around here are a thick crust pizza. The round, if you buy a round pizza from the same company, they're always a thin, but the sheet pizzas for some reason are always a very thick crusted. Really? Yeah, it's huh. interesting. 
Uh, I'm on a really strict diet, so you guys can go to heck. <laughs> Don't eat your carrots, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's okay. Uh, Tussler says, man, he's sad because he wasn't born orc. I mean, who wouldn't want to be born orc? Uh, not it. I, I don't know, Tussler. Maybe that's that might be why Manamarco's sad. He's sad that he's an Altmer. He'd rather be an orc. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Uh, then we got this one Captain's from Captain Slaghammer, also known as Smiter of Slag. <laughs> he changes his name like every week. <laughs> he says, hashtag, why is Manny sad? Because he's been waiting patiently, alone, in the dark, with no one for company. And still no Half-Life 3. Oh! <laughs> Burn! Burn. <laughs> So, so there Good it answers. is. Good answers, right? We've got some. I swear, why is there? I don't understand why there's a porn star that follows our our uh, Twitter account. No idea. <laughs> I'm like perusing Twitter as we're talking about this. I'm like, <laughs> why? Why is this? <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, really likes Elder Scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, those are those accounts that they they follow you in the hopes that you'll follow them back. Yeah, it's a junk account. Or, yeah. or, 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 there's a porn star out there who plays Elder Scrolls. That could be too. Huh? Yeah. Automatically more. Let's attractive. never assume that people, you know, just like uh, what we do, just because of their occupation. That's right. Anyway. Uh, that is the end of our show, and uh, apparently, from the looks of the screen, we're we're ending we're ending the show amongst uh, nightly company, except for that guy in the corner, on the right hand side of the screen. He just kind of looks like a pauper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, final thoughts, starting with Mike. Uh, I had fun in uh, finding out about Mana Marco. I am sad that you know. We don't know his beauty secrets uh, to get his hair as luscious as it is. Mm, Garnier. Uh, yeah. Yeah, made for teeth or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not, you know, the old standby head and shoulders of, uh, yeah. <laughs> Could be a little VO5 hot oil help. Don't know. Could be a <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I am going to be enjoying playing uh, some Skyrim uh, this week here. Um uh, and, uh, just so that everybody knows next week, uh, during ESOTR, I will not be there. Um, it's a birthday in the family, so uh, I will be in deep doo-doo if, uh, I'm on air instead of, uh, paying attention to the people in the household. So, ah, <laughs> that's not it's so okay. cool. Life will go on. No, it won't. We need our mic. Yeah, we, we need our yeah. time to look story. Well, you know, Mark Don't is leave there us now. alone. <laughs> Mark just joined. <laughs> then you're, ta you're taking off. <laughs> you can't have two M's in the same room. Uh, <laughs> We've tried this. We know it doesn't work. Tough. Oh man. Well, we're gonna miss you, Mike. We're gonna miss you. Should you. Get, you should get Road to be on so that you can have Road and, and Rage at the same time. That's a good idea. And then watch uh, Liz's head explode as she tries to say who she wants to talk to. That's actually not <laughs> a bad idea. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad idea. I'll, I might reach out to him see if he feels like doing it. Maybe we can pull one of those uh, good old uh, Tales of Tamriel folk on over. 
Yeah. Maybe a jealous yeah. will be our friend. Mike Mike doesn't want to be our friend. Apparently he's got like, you know, family is more important. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I used to think you were cool, Mike. I used to think you were cool. Yeah, well, you know. Come on, if man. I don't, if, I, if I don't pay attention to my wife, you know, I'll be sleeping on the couch for another year and uh, you know. yeah, <laughs> Come on, bro, ditch your parents. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, we're gonna miss you. But uh yeah, I, we'll roll through it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody in the U.S., because uh, it'll be uh, after Thanksgiving by the time I talk to everybody again. Aw, makes it worse. <laughs> what do you mean worse? <laughs> it'll be nice because, you know, we'll be full of turkey. Yeah, mmm, turkey. Uh, Mark, what about you? Final thoughts? Uh, this was fun. Um, Man Marco is just one of those characters that keeps showing up, and it's just interesting to see... You know, like, for such a threat, he really does seem, for the most part, like, in Daggerfall, and even in, um, MSO, they seem to love playing up this power broker nature of him. Mm. He's kind and of a just, nice guy for an Altmer. Just say it. For an Altmer? Yes. Yes, that is... <laughs> <laughs> he does qualify as nice. Um, but yeah, no, just, it's... He's just... He basically, right from the beginning... He was one of the characters that has always stuck out in my mind. He was this massive, threatening guy. And I just love that ESO brought him back. And it was almost redemption for just, frankly, I kind of feel Oblivion wasted him. <laughs> so, no, it was just, it was fun to go over him. Look at that. Look at that flowing hair in the breeze there. Look, Madam Marco... Aw, oh, hashtag, why is Manny happy? Because we spent an entire evening with him. Look at him. That's all he wanted, guys. Just <laughs> just wanted to be loved a little bit by someone. Look at him. He's so happy. His hair is <laughs> swinging in the breeze. He's just so happy right now. You you have been planning that the entire time, haven't you? No, I, I haven't. I, I should have. <laughs> Go to run the trailer. The full trailer with him in there. He's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah great episode mike mark uh you did a, a wonderful job uh doing the uh doing the whole show again uh this this particular episode hopefully uh you folks out there enjoyed our show uh if you have not subscribed to us on youtube and you are watching us please do so we would really really appreciate it, it goes a long way to helping out uh helping us out here at qgn um Speaking of how to help us out, you know, please uh, feel free if you're looking to help us out in any way. We would appreciate that. Uh, there's both financial and non-financial ways of doing so. Um, you can explore both very easily by going to Elder, uh, questgamingnetwork.com and clicking on uh, support the, the supporting QGN tab on the very top. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave it to you. We'll leave it to you. There's, there's many different options there for both your support, financial and non-financial alike. Again, uh, hey, if you're listening to us, uh, don't forget, you can also get us on iTunes. Um, if you have an Android phone or a device and you're looking to listen to us on the go, we recommend the Stitcher radio app. You can get that at stitcher.com, I believe. Um, it's free. We don't get any money from it. It's just uh, we know, I know, it's, a, it's probably the best experience that you're going to get with mobile apps on Android. So Stitcher is a fantastic one. Plus, there's a ton of other apps on there from lots of different other genres. You can listen to our show and, and many, 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 many others. 
Uh, also, questgamingnetwork.com is uh, is good. We've got a very good uh, mobile site, too. So uh, if you're listening on the go, you can always uh, go to our website on, on your mobile device. And, of course, YouTube. We mentioned that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Mike's on Twitter, at KDR Mickey. That's M-I-C-K-E-Y. Mark is at Carnegie Wolf. That's C-A-R-N-A-G-A-N-W-O-L-F-E. I'm out of Arwen, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. And please follow our show at Elder Scrolls O-T-R. Um, next episode of uh, Classic. Boy, it's going to be in, uh, obviously, it's going to be two weeks from now. It should be December, right? Well, yeah. if it's Monday again, it's the 30th. Yeah, we'll get back to oh. you on that. Back to you we have to that. look at our work schedules. See usually, if it's the thirtieth or the first or the second. Yeah, we usually have it on. Um, we usually have it on the notes here. Looks like the next ep. Yeah, we, here we go. <clears throat> uh, looks like the next episode of ESOTR next week. It's going to be on the twenty fourth, Tuesday, November twenty fourth at nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, that will probably mean that December first will be the next episode of Classic. We'll have to see, though. But expect uh, definitely next week, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Tuesday, November 24th, 9 p.m. Eastern, and Classic probably December 1st, 9 p.m. Eastern. Sometime that week, or the week after, we're going to be doing another cross-episode with Tales of Tamriel. We're gonna have a cross episode on my birthday week. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh, happy birthday! <laughs> well, it's the second. It's the second weekend. Or second week in December. So. Okay. Yeah, I was talking to a jealous today. He's closing on a house on uh, the seventeenth, and I might actually be closing on a house probably near that time myself. So we want to hit it either the first or second week of December. Uh. So so look for it sometime around there. Of course, you got to follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR in order to know for sure uh, what's what's going on with that. All right, folks. Well, time to say goodbye, and let's start with Mike. Have a good night, everybody, and uh, use some Tresemme. See if you can get your gold, your flowing locks to look like Manamarco's. Tresemme, Tresemme. And Mark? See you later, everyone. Uh, see you. Yeah, have a good night, everyone. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to... Uh, you know, having my first session of uh, Elder Scrolls off the record as an official host. So join for that. Absolutely. And, oh, and, 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 and no, my merchant run on Thursday. Join me for that. Oh, boy. Does that mean Mark is buying the pizza next week for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's cute. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Mana Marco, please, please say goodbye. Uh, it's been wonderful having uh, the the time uh, to spare to be with you folks uh, this evening. I appreciate that, of course. Um, it, not many people uh, get to know the lighter, fluffier side of, of myself. Um, so thank you so much for having me on. And uh, if you'll excuse me, I have several corpses I need to uh, eradicate from my lab. Uh, thank you, everyone. All right, guys. <laughs> I feel like that could have been better. Anyway. <laughs> Just look at my flowing locks, how they wave in the wind. All right. Thank you very much, Matt Marco. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the foos be. That's my line, damn it. Be with you. Son of a bitch.
Os soldados! 